Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. What a tomato! Where did you find such a nice tomato? What a tomato? I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What a tomato. Look, man, this isn't a come on. Just tell me where you got that beautiful tomato. What a tomato. No, no, seriously, I actually want to eat a tomato. I love tomatoes. Where did you get that tomato? What a tomato. Dude, it's a fine, beautiful tomato. I want to eat one, too. I want one right now. I like to eat them like an apple with salt. Tell me, where'd you get the tomato? What a tomato. Are you high? Just tell me where I can find a tomato like that. What a tomato. Is this a metaphor? What a tomato produce company in San Francisco. For all your wholesale produce needs, 2055 Jared Avenue. Trippy weird music, the Japanese Bjork. You know that it's time for the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. I'm yeah. Today's gonna be an interesting day here, food-wise. No, I didn't. I okay. This was a funny thing. We did a show last night at Buzzworks, and when we got in there, Timothy Pizza ordered food, and then like the show started, and I was like, he never got his food. I'm so glad we didn't order any food because the food never came. He got like mozzarella sticks, and I was kind of excited to munch on one of those motherfucking mozzarella sticks and I didn't get the opportunity because it just didn't it didn't come you guys don't have a kitchen in-house yeah well it, it, our kitchen is um small well your isn't your, your kitchen is from DNA well yeah so okay sounds a little bit complicated but um so basically it's kitchen we do have we have like ballpark food and then, if you want to order more food, you order it from DNA. So we have this little understanding kind of thing. So it's kind of weird. But just go for the beer. Go for the beer. The yeah, Buzzworks, you guys, on, on 11th Street. It was We had a really good time last night. I, I really enjoy that place. Um, it, it was really it was really fun. And a really tasty beer. Laughing Monk was really great. I had a date with the devil. And 9.8% beer in a little cute little cup. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> Dead. And then uh, whatever free beer there gave us, that was delicious. But we drank the Laughing Monk because that was what it was about. Yeah. I was down. It's a local brewery that opened up, I want to say, about almost four years ago. They're in the dog patch. Yeah. No, they're in Bayview. Oh, they're in Bayview. Okay, good. I hate saying the dog patch. Why? Just because I feel like it's, 
I don't like it when they make up new new neighborhoods. Like um, this part of the mission, the real estate agents tried to rename this part Samispo, south of Mission Petrero. It's what? like, shut up. Shut up. This is the deep mission, all right? You don't need to make up some new dumb name. It never never picked on. But it's because they like to name our... Yeah, they like to name our little districts. They're like, we're in Bernal. We're in Hayes Valley. We're in Noe Valley. We're in... You know, like we like to name it. We're in the Marina. And now we've got the dog patch. And we... I mean... And the Soma say, seems to be up and coming. When when, uh, when people say Hunter's Point, they still get scared. <laughs> I, I my friends live um, up there on the the, the hill where the forty four bus goes up to the top, and it's amazing. I like that. It's really it's pretty great. up there. It's, it's really, really nice. But they're coming. There's a lot of Section Eight housing and lovely Not stuff for like long. that. It's coming. Mr. Gentry's coming up that. Mr. Hill. Gentry. Yeah. Well, and it's <sighs> San Francisco's becoming. You know, boring, boring, unlivable. Um, finan- it's financially irresponsible to live here. It, I mean, it's the, the rents are so, and it's like, and everyone's like, yeah, duh, the rents are high. But is there, is it, why does it have to be this way? Is it because of it's California and it's lovely and everyone wants to live here, so you can just charge three thousand dollars a month for a bedroom for a one bedroom? Is that like? Well, definitely, people are trying to escape here now. If you live in like any kind of red state. I know everyone's one of my escape. I like the fact what you just said uh, is living in San Francisco financially responsible. That's actually on point because no, it isn't. Yeah. Because if you're, if you, even if you do have a nice paying job, but you don't own your property and you're still paying 3,200 for rent, that's actually financially not responsible. Right. Because that's money that if, if you own your property, yeah, that's your mortgage. You can't afford it. I mean, I can't even imagine buying a house in San Francisco. Like, I mean, and I used to own, when I was married, I owned a a home and we had a $650,000. That's what our house cost, which is crazy to me. That I, and it's weird because then the bank owns your home and I don't even, we buy into this American myth of, you have a house, you own property, but you don't really own property. Not you, yet. the bank, bank owns, owns the it. property. And then all those terrible folk, for, I tried to watch that new Werner Herzog movie about the foreclosure industry. And I just, it was about um, money and industry and all that. And I just, I couldn't, I was like, maybe you should spend a little more time on your films, Werner. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't the best one. Um, yeah. So you have, uh, here is your thumb drive. It is recorded. Uh, we were talking with Stefan Massey on his podcast here. Oh, they turned that on. Uh, Buzzworks as well. Everyone go drink beers there and uh, don't bug Latoya. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When I, I need to go visit you. Oh, dude. Thank you. I'm glad everyone came out. Bye. Bye. And we had a good time. We had a great time. Yeah. I had a really good time. Actually, it was financially responsible because some of the shit was free. So that's good. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love free stuff. Well, and Jonathan's been really judged. I was really bummed, though, that we didn't get food last night, though, because it was Valentine's to. Day and I was hungry. Well, I mean, and the thing, I actually, after the show, I did not... Go, I wanted to have like a nice, lovely dinner because my aunt just um, moved back to uh, misery. Yeah, and, uh, Aunt Joe. 
I wanted to have like a nice dinner too. Like, you know, hey, let's go out and we'll spend a little bit of money, but not too much. Right, right, right. And yeah, I didn't get to do this that nice VD dinner. I was hoping for it too. I think that tonight, Jonathan and I are gonna not do comedy because I had two really, I felt like I had a great set at Buzzworks. I felt really great you about did. it. And then I got to headline at that other show in Oakland. And? And it was great. And Jonathan said, even he's like, geez, you had really good sets tonight. And so when that happens, I almost feel like, why would I want to do an open mic tonight? It just doesn't make sense because. Leave on that high. Yeah, I feel great about what happened last night. Like, I mean, I'm really stoked on it. So why would I want to like, you know, go to brainwash and to have a shitty set? You know, like <laughs> the thing is, it's just like it's tricky because you can't always have a home run, right? You know, and and that's the thing. Like I know I, I don't feel like I had a home run last night. I had, uh, it's my stuff is still a work in progress, but that's okay. But I get what you're saying. It's just like you had a home run last night. Let's right, not, right, right. Let's not uh, get too cocky. Right. Let's, well, <laughs> let's not. You know, it's like I don't want to rest on my laurels, but also sometimes it's nice to not do comedy. And my poor, my poor, poor boyfriend, I mean, he goes to so much comedy and he's just so sweet that he never complains. And I feel terrible because we're doing a lot of comedy. Everyone liked the abortion jokes last night, though. No, that was great. I think also the fact of the matter is like you kind of had a tutu on. Yeah, I had a tutu. I went, the abortion I love and that. the tutu together is just like, it, they just coincide. <laughs> that dress I got at, excuse me. Wow, <coughs> that's a good new pen. Wow, <laughs> oh, I feel great we now. We are partaking in California's <coughs> oh, finest hell yeah. right now. Um, that is delicious. Thank you. You're very welcome. Wow. Um, I think that's why I'm kind of cockeyed right now. <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to rest on laurels, but I also don't want to. Uh, I also want to maybe like do something else other than comedy. And I, at this point, I don't even know what to do do you know what I mean like yeah. I, I, when Jonathan and I have a night off I'm like well, what do we do besides perform it I, I've just become sad and um, predictable I would say ice skating but uh -huh. ice skating rinks are gone I think um, I don't I mean it, it, taking a break especially a like, day it's just a day yeah I, I mean break. it's you need to rest. You don't need to be out in the public. Don't need to be out in the public. Yeah, I, I wish I was resting today, but I'm going to work. Uh, yeah, where are you working today? Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, I'm working in the marina. Oh, marina. Yeah, oh, hey, we're just talking like regular people. We're going to get to the news in a minute of uh, Pro-Choice America, Narl, and then also uh, the Drug Policy Alliance. But are you looking for any other stuff i did i told you this last night yes yeah, yes yes saturdays they I, I would like to kind of like we'll have you meet zach meet, yeah, yeah i'll meet with that person he's really nice he's a, he's a he's like you he's like a real sir he's like a he takes pride in the concept that he is a server and he's a really good server oh, and yeah. it's a skill and it's important it exists and and it makes me angry when people don't respect your profession yeah your career industry, it's a career it is a career and you know the thing is i tell people over and over again like a lot of servers and bartenders people who work in this industry most of us have college degrees yeah. and are educated and so this idea this ideology of the fact that you know we, you know we 
we're not professionals or we're you know right. not educated and what have you you know it's flawed flawed the bad, the Zach is, is one of the smartest people I know too the thing is we I think we're pretty fucking smart for not cho- choosing the corporate route because the corporate route is basically modern day slavery yeah absolutely when you have, when you tell me when I can't go on vacation we got a problem yeah absolutely and you know in the service world no you just let them know two weeks ahead yeah like uh, change the schedule sorry exactly and yeah, you know I've saved up money I've done this I've budgeted well or and you have to you do you have to be there's so many things that skills that it takes to be a server you have to be able to interact with people absolutely you have to be able to understand what the menu is about and what they're what they're selling totally. you have to know about the upsells but you don't want the people to feel like you're upselling them because then they get upset they, they're like Ugh. like timing timing yeah and to me like that's why you have a lot of people artists that are in this industry as well because it's it's a, it is a performance yeah that's what absolutely you if you want to make good tips you exactly make, if you want to pull in 200 bucks on a night you, you better, better tap be- dance yeah <laughs> exactly and, and it's all it's about your timing and what happens behind the scenes which is the kitchen or wherever and communication with oh yes the people that are making the food i mean there's there's so much higher order thinking going on with uh, with service you have to know your audience too yeah i mean well meaning the fact of your patrons you know what kind of people fill them out right you know so totally and yeah i'm i would love to just sit and talk to that person and yeah, yeah. you know the the thing is it's a business now where you can actually make really decent money yeah absolutely you know and some servers make anywhere some servers can make 80 g's a year yeah so yeah. and bartenders so i mean i think it's now starting to get a little bit of respect have you ever thought about going to like napa or doing high-end i don't like tourists you don't like tourists <laughs> i don't like tourists yeah and so that's very touristy right and i you know i'm usually the kind of person that likes to work within the community or in a neighborhood because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. nothing better than having regulars. Sure, absolutely. And those regulars end up to be your friends. Sure. You know. Uh, someone, I was at Bender's last night and uh, a woman was like, you know Latoya? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do. She's been my co-host, we're co-hosts on the show for three years and we both had incredibly positive things to say. She has curly, curly blonde hair. She's a little older than I am and part in the front it's like blue right now or turquoise. Oh, I think and she I forget w- her name. What's her name? Yeah. I, I see her face. Yeah. I think I know you. Really nice about. lady. And um, I think she has a house in Bernal Heights. Probably. Yeah. She's she's been around uh she's been a regular for a long time. So what's going on today with Pro Choice News? We've got Uh-oh. gnarl update, good news and bad news for choice in the states. Right now in California, your boss could fire you for being pregnant and unmarried. <laughs> This is real. Right now in California, your boss could fire you for being pregnant and unmarried. Good old liberal California. I mean, isn't that crazy that that's happened? I mean, we're for being pregnant and we're we're moralistically reaching into people's lives and into their somehow somehow women having the ability to have babies is somehow a terrible thing Unmarried now. Unmarried and pregnant because you couldn't possibly do it without being married. I mean, you couldn't possibly take care of yourself and another human being if you chose to have a baby. Like, I'm not choosing to have a baby because I don't want to change and augment my, you know, living situation, my my monetary situation. It, okay, so what happens if, like, you're... But what if you wanted to? Or what if you're... 
What if you're not married to your significant other? What if you yeah. just because you're unmarried? What if your significant other dies? Right. <laughs> this is I just that's, it's it's that's insane. ridiculous. Fire use fire you for using IVF to con- conceive. Whoa. Fire you for using intro uh, the fertilization thing. What? Fire you for using IFV to conceive. Wow. What? And this is the third thing. They can fi- your boss right now could fire you in California. Make you sign a morality agreement opposing oh, abortion, no. premarital sex, and same-sex relationships. Uh, discrimination. This is California? Make you sign a morality agreement. How dare you? How dare you call into question these things as moral issues? This is my business. Right, it's, but who cares who's putting what where? Like, whatever. What, where, are we, how, who, I can't even, who? They're, you know what they're missing? They're, they're missing woman. <laughs> they're so entitled. These people are so entitled that they think that they can impose their morality on other people. Why? Who are you? Who do you think you are that you're so special and so much better than us? They're literally better because you're a better moral person is that what you're saying you're better than everybody so now you're gonna say you're gonna reach into my life I, this concept of abortion if i was pregnant with jonathan when we had been together for only a year we'd just been together for a year and i didn't have my uh, iud yet and we accidentally got pregnant we and i kind of knew it on the day too i was like he came inside me and I knew he should have pulled out and I because I didn't know where we were in the timing and we were just being a little bit irresponsible we were yeah. having like day sex on a Saturday or something. I remember even when it happened I was like I was Afternoon like uh, I was like uh oh uh oh this is <laughs> this is feel right. right this is bad and then you know I missed my period and all the stuff and I realized oh my god and then I went and they said oh, you're about you know they're like wow you really caught this early they're like wow you really knew it I was like yeah so I had the abortion when I was like three weeks in you know 21 days or what have you and the thing that makes me crazy is that that was a moral decision like I it was a moral decision to be like Jonathan do we want to change the rest of our lives right now we've now we're still together which is great two years later but to impose upon him and say let me change your entire life right now is that something you want to do and he didn't he doesn't ever want to have kids and I I mean I thought about it for a little bit I was like you know if I'm gonna have one this is gonna be that this is it this is it I'm either gonna do this but it's like it would be morally irresponsible to bring up because I wouldn't have changed my life that much I'd still be we drink a lot and I know a lot of parents drink and they drink around their kids but I I didn't want to make that kind of decision because I feel like it's a moral decision for the rest of my life right I don't ever like being drunk around children. I don't like being around children when I'm not being paid to hang out with them. So why? I don't I know. Just, the I, morality. That, this whole morality thing. And it's those people are the ones that are usually the ones that end up being pedophiles. And, hmm. you know, something, something there's, you I know, think, there's. I think he doth protest too much. Yeah. You know, you're so c- concerned about everyone else's morality, and you're the one like you know, murdering cats in your backyard right, or something. Right, absolutely. Mm. And those people are the ones that scare me the most. Like mm. they're really creepy and scary. It, I really think it comes down to this: it's an entitlement issue. 
the people that impose their morality on other people are doing it because <laughs> they feel like they are literally better than other people. That's the problem with Americans, too, is that they think, we think, that we're better than the rest of the world. We think that we're real people and people making the garments in Indonesia and Bangladesh and the people dying building iPhones and having terrible, terrible, um, I've seen pictures of China and the, the air quality is so bad. And, but, but it doesn't matter about their air quality because they're not real people or somehow we're entitled to more. We get an iPhone set. I, I don't understand why we don't, we're still in this like slavery modality where we say, well, I'm, I'm massa up here. I deserve, I deserve to have people work for me for free because of the cotton and the whatever. And of course I, I bought them. Someone sold them to me. But, slave master mentality. Right? It's, but it's terrible because it's, it's an entitlement thing. It really comes down to that, that when we think that we're better than other people, then that's when we get to tell them things to the only people that you should be able to tell what to do are your children because you've had them and they belong to you <laughs> you get to tell them whatever you want you get to raise them you get to do whatever you want with them that's fine just don't fuck them up you just don't fuck them up we're that's that's the morality of that so take a stand against discrimination support ab 569 i guess that's a ballot measure or something wow. happening uh we'll read more about that in a second too here in this email so this is from gnarl um, it's the Support Reproductive Health Non-Discrimination Act, which is AB 569, Protect Women's Privacy and Economic Security. So bad news is that Uh-oh. Oklahoma is considering a bill that requires man's permission Shit, for I an abortion. That's bad news. The Oklahoma state legislator uh, held a hearing today, it was actually yesterday, uh, on a ban that would require written permission from a woman's sexual partner before she could have an abortion. Fuck you. (laughs) Right? The male, obviously, author of the bill, had this to say. I understand that they feel that it's their body. I, I understand they feel like that is their body, he said, uh, of women. I feel like it is a separate. What I call them is, is you're a host. And, you know, when you enter into a relationship, you're going to be that host. And so, you know, if you pre-know that then take all the precautions and don't get pregnant. What? I know it's very, that it's a weird quote. Uh, let's look a little bit more into this quote here. Uh, Oklahoma lawmakers want men to approve all abortions. Something unexpected happened in the Oklahoma legislature later on February 8th that had Caro Chowning feeling pretty optimistic. That morning, lawmakers in the House of Public Health Committee blocked one anti-abortion bill and a second was tabled without discussion. It was certainly unusual for a deeply conservative Republican government that over the years has distinguished itself by passing some of the strictest abortion regulations in the country, regardless of whether those measures are unconstitutional, which many certainly are. Since 2011, lawmakers in Oklahoma have passed 20 such measures, a number of which have been blocked by the courts or tied up in litigation. If passed as written, 
the two measures that were slated for consideration on February 8th would almost certainly end up in court as well. So when the two bills on the meeting agenda didn't sail out of committee, Chowning, past president of the Oklahoma Coalition for Reproductive Justice, was pleased. Just the day before, she'd walked the Capitol corridors hoping to get FaceTime with as many of the members of the committee as possible, and in particular with its sizable contingent of freshmen in an effort to convince them they should vote down the two measures. First, Republican George Fott's Fought, F-A-U-G-H-T. He's a fought. Um, House Bill 1549 was returning for a second year. Under the measure, a woman would be blocked from aborting a fetus because it has or is suspected of having an genetic abnormality, regardless of how early she sought termination. Although the measure made it out of House in 2016, it languished in the Senate. Wow. If it has a genetic abnormality, you can't aborted what? that makes no sense so who i mean not only do you maybe not want a child in general but then also you're going to have a child with genetic abnormalities so you didn't want the kid to begin with and now you have a kid with super special needs like seriously do you is is it that you and hate gonna, people it, is it that i mean because who's going to raise the child all this morality, all this moral high ground. And, and here's the thing. It, and then they would turn over and get mad at the fact that they, the person that has the, the child with a genetic disorder would have to get money from the state. Right. More services. Yeah. The bill was taking complicated and personal issue and turning into a cut and dry measure that in part seemed to intend to pit disability activists and reproductive rights advocates against each other, Chowning thought. But to Chowning and other members of the coalition, it was the second bill, HB 1441, that was even more disturbing. Devoid of any nuance and completely unconstitutional, written by another of the chamber's freshmen, Republican Justin Humphrey, the legislation would require a woman seeking an abortion first to obtain written permission from her sexual partner. It would also require her to provide his name to her doctor and it would forestall the procedure if the man wanted the opportunity to challenge paternity. The U.S. Supreme Court struck down a similar provision in 1992. It was with all this in mind that Chowning set off on our capital rounds. Five of eight lawmakers sitting on the Public Health, com- Health Committee are freshmen. Only two members are Democrats, and only one is a woman, a freshman oh, wow. Republican. Chowning was eager to talk, hoping the OCRJ might find new allies. The next morning, the Public Health Committee session was brief, and it's out come unanticipated after hearing the hb 1549 the measure came up for a vote and the committee paused but the streaming audio feed remained live we're going to get beat one lawmaker said in a hushed tone and then later another this is going to be in the news (laughs) the bill failed to pass particularly surprising considering that the vote coincided with annual Rose Day when pro-lifers converge on the Capitol. With one Democratic lawmaker absent, the vote tied four to four, with three of the Republican freshmen joining the one lone Democrat to block the bill from leaving committee. But that wasn't the only surprise to come. Shortly after Fott's bill failed to pass, Humphrey's HB 1441 was tabled without comment. But just as quickly, they were disposed of of the first time around, both pieces of legislation have reemerged. Wow. On Thursday afternoon, the measures were put back in the committee agenda, slated for a hearing on Valentine's Day. So it was uh, yesterday. Um, this is crazy. That's a permission slip. 
Yeah, Sp- um, Speedle has worked on issues of reproductive justice in Arkansas, and the national stage is a member of the Faith and Reproductive Justice League Institute, which was sponsored by the Center for American Progress. Especially with the Institute, I hear a lot of work being done all over the country. Every single state has their fights, even the most progressive ones. Ours is recognized as one of the most hostile states in the nation. Indeed, it appears that HB 1549 will pass out of committee yesterday. We should find out. If you, if they made, that's that's insane that you'd have to have a man's approval in order to get, to take care of your own body. They just straight up said that. That's, that's. Yeah. No, because women are stupid and they can't, you know, you're a host and you know, when you enter in a relationship that you're going to be that host yeah because you're hosting a man's penis inside of you why don't you just say ho <laughs> yeah that's i mean you're a host it's so gross it's you're a host <laughs> so gross that you would think if you're in a relationship with someone they're a host you're <laughs> you're hosting their penis <sighs> <You're> a- <sighs> oh, man. wow like i'm nothing like i'm just a visitor this is insane. Here's good news. That's, that's bad news. Oklahoma, bad news. Here's good news. Narl introduces bill to protect Californians from reproductive health and discrimination in the workplace. Today, Assemblymaker Lorena Gonzalez-Fletcher, Democrat San Diego, introduced legislation we, as Narl, are sponsoring to protect employees who work in California from workplace discrimination based on their personal reproductive health care decisions, like accessing abortion, birth control, or IVF. You may be surprised that this isn't already illegal, but in fact, women around the country have been fired or disciplined for their private reproductive health choices, like financial aid specialist Terry James was fired from San Diego Christian College in 2012 for becoming pregnant while unmarried. In 2015, the Archbishop of San Francisco added a morality clause to teacher contracts that condemned same-sex relationships, premarital sex, sperm donation, and assisted reproductive technologies. The Diocese of Santa Rosa dropped a similar plan after facing backlash. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Emily Herx was fired from her teaching job at a Catholic school in Indiana for using in vitro fertilization. To have a baby. Uh, IVF, yeah. Because it's immoral or something to take... It's unnatural and they say... I don't know. You know, the, but, it, if but, you can actually do it with a turkey baster, though, can't you? I mean, can't you actually have a dude come in a cup and then you suck it up and then you spit it in there? I, I, you can actually get pregnant that way, right? But is that is that considered in virtual fetalization, too? Like, does it have to be... It ain't natural because the man ain't getting off. So right, there. exactly. That's he has to... I mean, is that the only way the Catholics like it is if... No condoms. I mean, now the Pope said that it's okay to use birth control. Oh my God, that's so amazing! But the, <laughs> wow, it's I know it's time. like it's like just negating science. It's like, oh, you understand science? Well, that's the whole thing about abortion too. Like, okay, abortions used to be scary and difficult, and you know all this kind of stuff. And it's it's a medical procedure that's safe now. And they go inside your uterus and they suck out all the little cells so that you don't have to have the rest of your life altered forever. Like, how? that's the thing that makes... How can they decide what the rest of my life is going to look like? Because you're, you're property. We're still property. So I had, I had an abortion when I was 20 and I had an abortion when I was 40. And it's not like I'm using abortion as some crazy birth, birth control. control method. It happened twice 
in my entire life. It's not a fun process. It's not a fun process. It's happened twice in my life. Both times I was in committed relationships. Both times I was like, you know, with my ex-husband, we were, he was 21. I was 20 years old. He was going to graduate school for veterinary stuff. And I was like, do I really want to be a mom? Is this like, I hadn't finished college yet. I would, I would have basically been pregnant my senior year of college and then had this baby, but he was going to be going to Davis during that year anyway. So it was like, where's the morality in that part? Right. That I'm living on my own, trying to put myself through school, having a baby, but in the, he's far away because of our long distance relationship. It was it just wasn't a it, good time. It, it wasn't a good time. It doesn't make sense to do that. It didn't make sense. Mor- morally, it's not. it doesn't make sense to do that. You know, you're trying to get your education. Right. You know, you're trying to, you know, you want to be together with this person, but having a child right now, or you're have. both striving to get someplace right. to be successful, morally is not right. Right. Oh, it, it was, it, so, but the thing is, it, it's... <laughs> Let us have abortions. Um, it's nobody's fucking business. It's nobody's business. business. If exactly. You if you're pro-life, don't have one. Right. You have right. that choice. Oh, my God. It's called a choice. Right. Uh, yeah. I just, you know. Eh. Or, you know what? If you're super, super pro-life, then put your money where your mouth is and adopt a baby. Adopt a crack baby. Adopt a baby that didn't get the right prenatal care because maybe the mom wasn't ready to have a kid and didn't have the money to have the insurance to care and maybe was doing crack or maybe was doing other drugs or maybe was doing whatever they were doing with their life it doesn't have to be crack it could be anything it could be it could just it could be alcohol alcohol syndrome it could be they smoked too much and now they have spinal bifida you know what you take that kid you raise that kid if you're going to put your morality then you you show me how moral you are and you adopt some kid you show us oh you're so financially stable you rich christian then then do it then don't just tithe 10% of your check to your church and say that you're a good person then go out and be a good person and adopt a child and change a life if that's what you believe but don't come after the people that are saying hey I'm responsible because I don't want to have a life right now right that's a responsible choice yeah I mean absolutely I mean I made the choice when I was 28 and I was in a committed relationship too that I know this was not my time to have a child. And plus, I was doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. So I, I... Was that when you tried the crack for the first time? No, actually. That wasn't that time? No, that was, that was when I was 25. Uh, <laughs> I was, were you in number four or number five now? Where are uh, you? Were oh, you number five. You were in number five. Number five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Latoya had a great... She had a great set last week on the My Strange <laughs> X show where she talked about number four and number five. And it was funny. Because it was a real... And I was like... <laughs> It's like real wow. relationships, real problems, real problems, real and, problems. Yeah, and and this was an issue that I didn't want to add to my problem, because I knew at that time I would put be putting a, an, a, an unwanted life in jeopardy, and that's yep. not fair, and that's not how I was raised. And I was raised in the Catholic Church, so right, I'm already right. really going to hell. But I mean, it's also I want to add. I, w- I want to figure out do a lot of these pro-lifers how they feel about the death penalty then. You know what? Absolutely. That's really interesting. That's a really interesting... I wonder if they're pro-death penalty. Because... Because they're on their moralistic high horse because they're better than all of us. Right. That's the whole morality thing. That's why morality, people like think it's a big deal or whatever because they're saying, I'm better than you because I'm more moral. Because, Because I... Do we really need to have a T-shirt that says I don't I don't fuck my neighbor's wife I don't I don't murder I don't murder my mom my brother's dog like are you 
<laughs> what kind of morality do you want? Like I'm in everybody else's business. Well, I don't consider that very moral either. I think that I think that being a gossip is kind of you know, like a, a uh, stance on morality. That isn't that. I mean, well, it's not. It's it wouldn't be pride as one of the seven deadly sins. Uh, you know, gossip. I I don't know what it is, but I mean, it, it's just. I, I feel like a lot of these pro-lifers are bullshitters anyway, because a lot of, I, I know for a fact that a lot of these pro-lifers are probably for the death penalty. Yeah. You know, and, and that's immoral too. Yeah. Well, but then in the Bible it says oh, an eye, eye for an, an eye. eye. I mean. Don't throw that shit at you. Yeah, right? Yeah, so that. it, that's, I mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't like killing anybody. I don't like people dying but that's the whole thing is that maybe we wouldn't have so many deaths if we didn't have so many freaking births <laughs> right like everybody just chill out and pro-lifers love their guns mm-hmm. see i mean this is again it, it was our guns moral i mean that's the thing is that these that but i'm good with my guns so i get to keep it it's like uh <laughs> here's the last the last thing in 2014 after an anonymous letter revealed her pregnancy an unmarried middle school teacher Shayla Everston was fired by a Catholic school district in Montana for having sex outside of marriage. She was fired despite her 10-year career at the school and the fact that the principal called her an excellent teacher. She was fired for having premarital sex. I'm going to go get something to drink. Yeah, right? The RHNDA takes a special significance as the federal government in the hands of anti-choice politicians who have shown support for government-sanctioned discrimination. As Governor of Indiana, Vice President Mike Pence signed into law a a so-called religious freedom bill, giving businesses a license to discriminate against the LGBTQ community. It has been reported that the 45 administration drafted a sweeping executive order that will allow for discrimination against women and LGBTQ individuals using the guise of religious liberty. Oh, this is terrible. This is the leaked draft uh, of 45's religious freedom order reveals sweeping plans to legalize discrimination if signed the order would create wholesale exemptions for people and organizations who claim religious objections to same-sex marriage premarital sex abortion and trans identity this is by sarah posner there's a picture of 45 looking like a jerk uh 45 speaks to a gathering of clergy at the new spirit revival center in cleveland heights ohio september 21st 2016 it's a cute little picture a leaked copy of a draft executive order titled establishing a government-wide initiative to respect religious freedom obtained by the investigative uh, fund and the nation reveals sweeping plans by the 45 administration to legalize discrimination The four-page draft order, a copy of which is currently circulating among federal staff and advocacy organizations, construes religious organizations so broadly that it covers any organization, including closely held for-profit corporations, and protects religious freedom in every walk of life. When providing social social services, education, or health care, earning a living, seeking a job, or employing others, receiving government grants or contracts, or otherwise participating in the marketplace, the public square, or interfacing with federal, state, or local governments. Wow. 
The draft order seeks to create wholesale exemptions for people and organizations who claim religious or moral objection to same-sex marriage, premarital sex, abortion, and trans identity. And it seeks to curtail women's access to contraception and abortion through the Affordable Care Act. The White House did not respond to requests for comment, but when asked Monday about whether a religious freedom executive order was in the works, White House spokesman Sean Spicer told reporters, I'm not getting ahead of the executive orders that we may or may not issue. There's a lot of executive orders, a lot of things that the president has talked about and will continue to fulfill, but we have nothing on that front now. Language in the draft document specifically protects the tax-exempt status of any organization that believes, speaks, or acts, or declines to act in accordance with the belief that marriage is or should be recognized as the union of one man and one woman, sexual relations are properly reserved for such a marriage, male and female, and their equivalents refer to individuals' immutable biological sex as objectively determined by anatomy, physiology, or genetics at or before birth, and that human life begins at conception and merits protection at all stages of life. This is really scary. This is an executive order draft that's, that they're, they're in right now, and it's going to basically take Mike Pence's Indiana thing about God. with the religious, just uh, right, right that freedom. you right that you don't have to uh, make like wedding cakes for gay people if you're a bakery or there's all kinds of things. The breadth of the draft order, which legal experts described as sweeping and staggering, may exceed the authority of the executive branch if enacted. It also. Uh, by extending some of its protections to one particular set of religious beliefs would risk violating the establishment clause of the First Amendment of the Constitution. This executive order would appear to require agencies to provide extensive exemptions from a staggering number of federal laws without regard to whether such laws substantially burden religious exercise, said Marty Lederman, a professor at Georgetown University Law Center and an expert on church-state separation and religious freedom. The exemptions, Lederman said, could themselves violate federal law or license individuals and private parties to violate federal law. Moreover, he added, the exemptions would raise serious First Amendment questions as well, because they would go far beyond what the Supreme Court has identified as the limits of permissive religious accommodations. It would be astonishing, he said, if the legal Office of Legal Counsel certifies the legality of this blunderbuss order. The leaked draft maintains that, as a matter of policy, Americans and their religious organizations will not be coerced by the federal government into participating in activities that violate their conscience. It sets forth an exceptionally expansive definition of religious exercise that extends to any act or refusal to an act that is motivated by a sincerely held religious belief, whether or not the act is required or compelled by or central to a system of religious belief. It's very sweeping, said Ira Lupau, Lupu, a professor emeritus at George Washington University Law School and an expert on constitutions religion clauses and on the 1993 Religious Freedom Restoration Act, it raises a big question about whether the Constitution or the RFRA authorizes the president to grant religious freedom in such a broad way. In particular, it's like religious freedom to be a discriminating bigot. 
It's in particular, said Lupu, the draft order privileges a certain set of beliefs about sexual orientation and gender identity. Beliefs identified most closely with conservative Catholics and evangelical Christians over others. That, he says, goes beyond what RFRA might authorize and may violate the Establishment Clause. Not recognizing trans people, that's what we're, that's what that's we're getting, getting to. to yeah. This is really scary. Um, this is what's actually going on like I think his tweets and not everything right. those those are ways to kind of throw people off instead of talking about the real issue which is this well right well right and here. this is a leaked draft we still don't even they're not even commenting on it yet but it's so that's leaked and it's big and it's and it's scary um the language of the draft might invite federal employees, for example, at the Social Security Administration or Veterans Administration to refuse on religious grounds to process applications or respond to questions from those whose benefits depended on same-sex marriages. It's crazy. If other employees do not fill in the gap, he said, it could lead to a situation where marriage equality was being de facto undermined by federal employees, especially in religious conservative communities, contrary to Supreme Court rulings. Jenny, it's, it's because people don't like gape. It's because it's of the fear or something. Jenny Pfizer, senior counsel and law policy director for Lambda Legal, said some of the language in the draft order is similar to language in laws passed last year in Mississippi, which a federal district court ruled violated both the Establishment Clause and the Equal Protection Clause. The case is now on appeal. Pfizer said the draft order would appear to violate the Establishment Clause by listing a particular set of religious beliefs and giving special government protection to people who hold those beliefs opposed to different beliefs. Uh, Section 4 of the order, Specific Agency Responsibilities, requires HHS to issue a rule exempting any person or organization with religious objections from complying with the ACA's preventive care mandate, which includes contraceptive coverage. It requires HHS to to ensure that anyone purchasing health insurance on health care exchange can have the option of purchasing a plan that neither covers abortions nor subsidizes plans that do such coverage. So, but that's the thing is that even birth control, they're saying, so if you're having a moralistic, if you're saying, I don't believe in sex before marriage, are you going to withhold somebody's contraceptive care because they don't show that they're in like a committed monogamous relationship that's this legally is sanctified? 1950s bullshit like seriously like all this this is like a serious war on women serious war and the thing that's crazy is you don't let us have contraception and you won't let us have abortions or like access to health care right but we have like a baby maker inside of us and well i mean this is why i was kind of pissed off last week when i found out about my health insurance not right. covering you know my your pap smear yeah my reproductive <laughs> you know and it's not even just reproductive mammograms you know and this i is, mean but that's technically part of reproductive yeah, yeah, well yeah because boobies are made for i mean because women's bodies were no. just a host and all we do is host penis and then eventually host a baby and then the baby eats off us but somehow this amazing miraculous skill has to be subjugated by the entire world like I don't get it embrace the majesty dick bags it's like amazing I just it did we're how prude are these people I know seriously because it's the prudest ones that are the freakiest ones and the scariest ones yeah I, I mean it just 
your mother for Pete's sakes you came out of a woman yeah. I just don't un- <laughs> and why are we and we're taking away services from so this is it and it bars HHS from taking any adverse action against federally funded child welfare organizations including those offering adoption foster or family support services that deny anyone these services due to a conflict with an organization's religious beliefs so we're basically going to say that you the, what they're trying to say is an executive order they're putting they're setting the ground rules for people's religious beliefs to take over we're supposed to have a ch- separation of church, church and, state. and state there's supposed to be, be for this reason there's supposed to be a separation of church and state now we're saying well we're giving everyone religious freedom but really just really just the catholics christians. and the and the, and the right christians and the entire oh because if you're like muslim forget about it if you're and that's the thing is can muslims now discriminate against i mean christians what how are we gonna where is this gonna go right i where to the, to the shitter where is it going let's see who's uh AltaCast. uh Oh, it's old dumb face. Let's put old oh, dumb face. Old dumb face. In the S T L. Old dumb face. He's out. Yeah, he's out uh, in your neck Misery. of the woods. Misery. Yep. What up? St. Louis is the first time in over a year I've been out here. Really? Yeah. The last time I was out here was for Star Wars Christmas time. Oh, oh wow. There you go. What's the weather like, man? Uh, dude, I've been bringing nice weather wherever I go. So right now it's about seventy degrees. Outside. Oh shit! Shit! Global warming yeah. is real, son. Global warming is real. <laughs> we were just talking about um, how forty-five. They leaked. Uh, you can actually see the actual leaked executive order. It's it's like they photocopied it, and it's establishing a government-wide initiative to respect religious freedom. And it's basically like they're gonna. It, it's leaked, but it's a draft of an executive order by 45. So basically, um, you know, make it so that we can discriminate against um, gay people, same-sex marriages, um, women dealing with contraception, uh, all that all that kind of stuff. Um, pre, even priests having marriage just before sex, like premarital, premarital. You can, premarital sex, people are getting fired from jobs because of having premarital sex, being pregnant without being married, crazy stuff. And yeah, it, oh, no. Uh, I was I so I was in Virginia for a week, and then I flew to Orlando for a couple of days and drove back. And uh, go to that's Disney been, World. Like all the news, like uh, there was a lawsuit because a hospital refused to uh, do a uh, transgender surgery on somebody. Right, right. Oh, well, they're they're and, refusing uh, to even recognize transgender as a gender. They're saying that there's no, that the only, it's in this executive order or whatever, that it has to be your original body, that's the original body parts, like gender-wise. When you, old oh, dumb face, when you say like, um, we were, I was just describing the fact that, you know, a lot of the media and, you know, they've been talking about like his tweets and like the stuff with Kellyanne Conway and the Nordstrom's and all that. Don't you think these are just all kind of little, you know, little spectacles that the, some of the media is covering, but the real big spectacle is exactly what we're talking about with this executive order, what have you like, this is like the real shit right here but that no one's talking about because there's yeah, so much I mean a, a lot of those tweets and shit I mean it's, I think it's just to keep up the face and the facade and to make it be like you know Trump's just a real guy out there working <laughs> you know he's using Twitter I go to the factory I work all day I use Twitter too I mean the guy's just like me <laughs> wow 
He so, loves and he loves McDonald's. I've heard so he's just like you. But the I mean I don't know. I think the big problem is as as this stuff passes, obviously people get more and more angry. But anger doesn't diffuse anything. It just keeps escalating. Right. Where instead of you know having the two sides kind of debating to find the moral ground and the best, everyone's on a super. This is our team. This is their team. Kind of a thing. I I kind of I I kind of agree with you on that. My team, your team. But I also yeah. feel like my team screams for ice cream. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> are, are you doing any comedy when you're out there, old dumbface? Or are you just taking care of mom? Uh, I don't know. I, people keep hassling me, and I'll probably get bored and do something. <laughs> I think I'm going to do a five-minute set where I don't say anything and see how many laughs I can get. <laughs> wow. So you're, gonna, on, you're getting into clowning? Yeah. Getting into mime? Getting into clowning? Really telling, pushing I'm, those I'm boundaries? artistic level of just whatever psychotic thought pops into my head I'm just going to follow through on it <laughs> I would wow. come and watch that because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very artistic snob right now I'm wearing a scarf I've got gloves on <laughs> my I, gloves are too pretentious for this poem are they leather <laughs> no no, they're, no. They're it's 70 degrees why are you looking wait, creepy wait, dude, yeah, with your wait, gloves yeah, on yeah absolutely thank you Pam looking so creepy because uh, I'm an artist and the fedora <laughs> store is too far away right now and I don't have a car yet so. oh. oh Steve Bannon wants to start World War 3 he he's obsessed with he, he he's obsessed with anger this is this, this is a weird this is called the national I'm getting information off of and these are these are the stories that this is just so sad what's happening in our world steve bannon wants to start world war three the i say 45 instead of the t word the 45 administration lies about voter fraud and will lead to a massive voter suppression congressional democrats are ready already warning 45 about impeachment uh, 45 is selling access to the winter white house for two hundred thousand dollars that's his house in florida <laughs> You got to turn that profit, man. You got a capitalist going for the capitalism. What? Can I can I just say something now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're living in the times of worse than Watergate. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I wasn't there, man, for Watergate, but I heard it was shitty. This right well, here, it, I think this is going to affect us. The, the thing that even more it, that's crazy is that Nixon was a paranoid weirdo. The Watergate <laughs> never needed to happen. They didn't gain yeah. any special information. Nothing happened. He was just being a paranoid freakazoid. I, I mean, I'm sure he believed in the lizard people. He was over the edge. The new 45 is different. He's a megalomaniac who believe Have you seen yet the 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 Johnny Depp movie The Art of the Deal? Yes, I have. It's so uh, so funny. Yes. It's so funny. It's like he is a caricature. The president is now a caricature of himself trying to be... There's so many layers of like meta stripped that we could strip down. And, you know, I really don't think it's going to end until we see naked pictures of his tiny, tiny penis. Uh, no, it's not going to end. I mean, just even on Monday with uh, what's-his-face, Michael Flynn, you know, who had to resign because he couldn't recall having a conversation with a Russian diplomat about the sanctions. So, I mean, we've, we've already... And it's only been three weeks, by the way, since 
Trump has been in office. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, well, and then you have Kellyanne Cuntface uh, on every network lying her ass off and she can't even keep up with her lies anymore. It's so, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's, that's, it's really funny now. It's just like, this is, this is sad, but it's also sad that people actually still, there's some people out there that still like this man. Yeah. I'm, no, there's a, there's a, actually I've, I've got some, some crazy stuff to tell you. Please. Uh, with the religion. So, well, first off, uh, when I was in Virginia, I was in a, an area uh, with a group of what I'm calling hybrid liberals. <laughs> because, uh, and it, they're different than San Francisco liberals. Because the thing that we fail to realize is that San Francisco liberals, for the most part, most of them are cunts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Most of them want to scream in your face, shout you down, throw some labels on you. I agree. And do whatever, regardless of whatever you're doing. It, well, it's, 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 it's this, the like, entitlement. Path. It's 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 the morality and the entitlement that they're so much better than you because they're a vegan or because but see, they the morality read, is based you know. around like internet face groups right, and right. tweets from like when I was out with these people, uh, like we were in the fucking country, and so right away I'm like, all right, let's let's be careful, and we go to this little brewery that's basically like a glorified trailer. Right on the window, it says. Like, we don't discriminate against anybody. All Muslims are welcome here. Anyone from any nationality and any race is welcome here. Uh, and all this stuff, and I was kind of surprised by it. Like, these people are taking that gun mentality of, like, you'll, you'll pry my gun out of my cold, dead hands. But they're applying it to the community in the sense of, like, you're not going to fuck with anyone in our community or anyone with our neighbors because we have guns and we'll fucking shoot your ass. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's the part that San Francisco misses is that community. These people, yeah. they're, not, they're not going, he's a Nazi, he's a fascist. They're going, this guy's doing some crazy-ass shit and it scares us. So what we're going to do is we're going to go inward and we're going to protect our group of people and our neighbors and be out there for each other. Yeah. Community. Which, that's the way I feel like you need to handle it. You need to go about doing it. When somebody comes in with opposing views, they don't shout them down. They don't do anything like that. They're like, I'm, I'm really sorry that you believe like that. And, you know, I hope that you realize your decisions are affecting a lot of people negatively that Thank don't deserve you. it. But, you know, we're not going to say that you're a bad person. We're not going to say that you're a Nazi or any of that shit. We're just right now, you know, mentally, you're on the wrong side of the politics, and hopefully with a little bit of education and some support from your other friends, you'll realize how wrong it is. That, and old dumbface, being from the Midwest, that is the kind of liberal that I am, because I like yeah. having the conversation with the opposition. And I, because you have to sit at the table and talk about things. And you're absolutely on point of the fact, like, even, you know, living here, coming from the Midwest, it is a different type of liberal, like too ultra liberal. That's why it like kind of scares me because we're actually going on the wrong side of liberalism. You, you know what though? We're better than everyone else because we compost. Do you see? <laughs> yeah. Do you see we're better? No, we recycle. We're, uh, that's the, we recycle and we compost and therefore we have a higher morality here. <laughs> and everything's organic. Living, right. Everything's organic. <laughs> we don't, you know, because, and gluten. because we know. But right. that's, I really honestly think that Everything comes down to the issue of entitlement. And somehow, as Americans, we stepped on the shores and we said, manifest destiny as far as the eye can see. From sea to shining sea, this all belongs to me. And it's this entitlement that it's somehow, it's ours. We were supposed to have it. God gave it to us. 
Right. It's so weird to me. And then saying, well, but I'm better than you because I have the morals, because I believe in it, because God talks to me. God talks to me. God tells me what to do. Well, you know what? I mean, they all have the same God. They're, they're, God is dumb. It's just a tax write-off. It's the best. It's like 20% tax write-off, you know? And right. I, I and you know I miss actually oh don't face I miss those kind of liberals I really do because it's I don't I don't I don't get to have a conversation with any conservatives here it sucks I actually no, I kind of miss you try to bring up a point it's like you say a point and then they do this uh, the, the argument tactic of the straw man where you're like like hey like this stuff isn't really oh so what you're basically saying is is that we should just shoot brown people yes right they get extreme <laughs> yeah politics yeah. and then it's like well no i didn't say that oh now you're mansplaining oh you just make up a term to fit the argument that you want to have or that you think that someone's trying to say well people don't listen i, I people don't really listen to each other anyway Period. very much and then also we're not we aren't taught the skills anymore or the, the skills aren't valued societally to, to think critically and be able to sh- share ideas in a, in an open conversation. Now everything is, it seems like it's one-sided. The news seems to be one-sided. Like every, when you used to put something on TV in the sixties, you had to have the exact same amount of time for one argument as for another. It was very different on the news when they were doing debates, when they were doing things with politics on TV. And now with the advent of Fox news and CNN and 15,000 channels, every single channel has its own voice. You know, it's like, we are the, this is what we say, you know, and even, right. even all of the different news sites, the Huffington Post is different than the, the national here is different than the, you know, the post is different than the Washington Post, and, but and so all on. of it, they used to have both sides of the story equally represented and now everything has a media spin on it. Right. And even some of the news isn't really news, it's entertainment news. All right. And, and yeah. And the thing is, it's just like, you know, this is what this is what the problem is. Like, we're not having the conversations with each other and we're not reading the same stuff. We're not. Yeah. You know, and that is our fault for not having the conversation. But it's also the media's fault for using this, the manipulation of the media and the newspapers. And, yeah. you know, I had to stop watching MSNBC. It was too fucking one sided liberal. Yeah. You know, I yeah. can't do I can't do it. Yeah. I can't. Just like I will not sit I I'll watch Fox News sometimes because it's funny because I'm like, people actually believe this shit. To me that's entertainment. Well, my favorite news is the Daily Show or the Oh, oh well, yeah. Or absolutely. the uh, when it used to be the Kobe report. I, I like and yeah. I like real time with Bill Maher. Yeah, you know, he's because, amazing. Yeah. He's really smart. Because you you I you have to have both op- oppositions at the table to discuss. That's called a debate. Right. Well, this is crazy. This impeachment thing is crazy. They're really talking about this is this is a real deal. He's saying um, that uh, this is Pecan, this guy, he says it's time for the president to stop defending his divisive and unconstitutional executive order and start being transparent about his business interests. Every president in the modern era has released tax records to ensure the American people that their actions will not be impacted by financial holdings. Uh Oh, that's where they're yep. going to get him for the impeachment is he still hasn't given his taxes. But the thing that makes it terrible is if they impeach him, does his cabinet still stay no. or does the whole cabinet go away because he made all those choices? Uh, actually, Pam, they're going to impeach him because what's going to be on his taxes. Oh, 
Because to be honest with you, I don't he, think he's going to get impeached. Uh, I think he could do some crazy, fucked up, corrupt ass shit, and he won't get impeached just based off the fact that they're worried about the message that it sends to the rest of the people in the world. Like uh, if I, we if we ditch out on this president, we seem weak compared to Russia, China. We are weak. Dumb face. We're weak. We're weak. We are. We we're, are entitled little weak. Like, bleh, we can't do anything for ourselves. We can't make, we don't manufacture anything anymore. We don't have any real skills. Like, uh, and, the, and the Department of Education, we're not going to know how to read. We don't, yeah. I mean, we can't, <laughs> yeah. we have no critical thinking skills. Our, our kids they really don't, they, they, I mean, we're, we're tanking. We've been tanking America for, and I hate even say America, because it's like North America, South America, it's a big place, but we're just so entitled that we stepped here and we're like, we own everything. We're, we're America, America. KKK. America. We're the best. We're the best. But I, I really, he's he's got to get out of there. But and, and Pence is even worse of the things he did to Indiana and what's happening with, I mean, we read earlier that, they're trying to do the new Oklahoma thing where um, if you get an abortion, you, ha- you have to have be signed off by the father of the child before you can yeah, get an abortion. you're just a host. Because you're just a host. Yes. The host. But that's the thing is I'm like, I'm a host. My, me as a woman, I'm a host My for a penis. A host. I'm a host for a penis. I'm a host for a baby. Well, yeah, because you're not as good as a man. Oh, that's but that's so crazy. I think we're better. But um, <laughs> so there's, there's more. You really don't think he's going to get impeached he says to to uh, this guy he di- he directed him directly mr president it's time for you to fix this one divest your business holding immediately to remove any suggestion of conflicts in your decision making two show us your tax returns so financial is- interests are transparent to the american people and three get rid of your unconstitutional executive order which will make us less safe and only serve to embolden our enemies yep <sighs> But I, I honestly believe, like, look, we've kind of ran out of people to invade, okay? Because we can't invade uh, on the terms that we're used to, because we saw when we went into Iraq and Iran, like, you hit a certain point where you're fighting this guerrilla warfare style of people to where you can't win. You just eventually hit a point where you're stalemate, and no matter how many bad guys you kill, you kill innocent civilians, right. which then creates more bad guys. Yeah. So what they want to do is, since we're a country that has to profit off of war, we're going to have a war domestically. Right. Oh, that's awful. No, we won't stand for it, though. People against religions. Then we can put the military on the streets under the guise of protection. Oh, that's awful. We need to have the Marines walking around Market Street with AK-47s and everything else to keep you guys safe. Uh, that's like the Super Bowl. It was awful. During the Super Bowl, I was with small children, and um, the guns were real. And every time we went by a real gun, I would say to my little friend Jude, that is a real gun. This right. is not Disneyland. This is not fake. This is not a movie. That's a gun. Oh, like last year when they were downtown. When it, yeah, when they were. Right. And they the security... The sniper riflists, the, all of it, the guns. All for football. For football. Just, just for football. Well, Not, they were keeping the peace, I guess, because all the millions of people that came in or what have you. But um, I don't want to see, I don't, I did not like to see that. I don't like to see guns in open. I don't like it. I don't. They're scary to me. It's very, very no. scary. I don't I, even like I guns on policemen. I'm, I'm the same level. When I see a policeman hanging out at the bus stop or talking to a questionably housed person or doing whatever it is they're doing, I always 
note their gun that's there and I look at it and go that's a gun uh, there it is you know I just don't even I mean, feel like we need guns I feel like you could do it all with tasers and nightsticks like why do you even have to have a gun I, I feel like we need guns really yeah yeah because other people there's guns people get guns from other countries so whoever has the gun wins and he, another person has a gun then we gotta see what happens but if they're trying to promote a, our own our own war on our own soil the, the military makes money off it because then they're here in our country doing jobs and making money but they don't need to make as many like bombs and shit because we're not gonna bomb ourselves <laughs> right like you would think but yeah I mean, I mean you would think but here's the best example I can give you to why we need guns it's back when Hurricane Katrina happened, uh-huh. and the government couldn't get down there. And some people, when they're in crisis mode like that, go into, we need to help other people, we need to save as many people as we can, we need to watch out for the children, we need to get clean drinking water. Other people are like, let's shoot people, rape strangers, and steal as much shit as we possibly can. Yeah, that was going on in the Superdome. Wait, 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 Why? Okay. De- desperation. Um, There's a lot of stories that were out there during the time of Katrina, um, especially at the Superdome, where a lot of women were getting raped. Uh, what, what? And what ha- yeah. Because people in crisis, they think bad people, thoughts. People react to crisis in different, just like grieving, people react in different versions. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of people went off their shit and was raping people and children too. A lot of there's no one to help you. I can do whatever I want. Exactly. I'm not going to get caught. But where does this, I mean, okay, so where does that archetypical storyline come from? Because I would never think, all right, chaos, let's fuck shit up. The Civil War. What were, during the Civil War, what what were they doing? I mean, a lot of, this is, this is not a plug for the plantations, but a lot of soldiers came into a lot of the plantations and started rape, raping the women. So yeah, that's I mean, during that's, wartime. That's an old, I mean, that's right. something, unfortunately, that is programmed in the human DNA. Yeah. You look at Game of Thrones, I mean, that's just a representation of that time period. Like, granted, a lot of the horrible shit you see in that show was real, but spaced out over a wider timeline with different groups of people. But back in the day, you went, you found your enemy, you killed anyone who could pose a threat to you. You let loose all your sexual deviant pleasure from all that killing on whatever poor women were around. And then you took all of their wealth. Look at, uh, <laughs> look at the Mongols with Genghis Khan. I mean, there's a large number of human population that has Genghis Khan's blood in them because he was a raping, pillaging savage. And we, we can even talk about here in, in our country, the indigenous people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Poor Sacagawea. Yeah. Sacagawea. At that point, like, and another thing I can describe to you is uh, we we have an artificial sense of safety in that something goes wrong. What do you do? You call 911 and help comes. But after you make that phone call, there's a span of time where you're helpless and you're waiting for people to show up. You know, especially in San Francisco where it'll take fucking 45 minutes for cops to show up. Or, or some, or if they're in the hood, they may not show up at all. <laughs> exactly. So you need to be able to. Well, and now, yourself. and now with this sweeping executive order, if the cop that came 
uh, on a domestic disturbance has a problem because you're gay and because you're in a same-sex marriage and there happens to be some abuse and they go, well, I'm not going to help because they're gay. Like that, that's what that executive order basically says is that they could be like, well, you're a Muslim. I'm not going to help you yeah. because y- your, your morality is against my, yeah. That Jesus told me not to. Right. Jesus, Dude, Jesus I got, told me I got to hit with you. some fucking crazy religious shit this morning. Ooh, speak on it, brother. Uh, so I got to kind of talk about this delicately because I, I doubt that the people would listen, but if the people were listening, would be kind of upset about it and it's, it'd be a whole tangle. But when I was in Virginia, I went out there uh, to see a friend of mine who I have known since uh, eighth grade. Like I've known her since we were 12 or 13. Uh, she was my first kind of girlfriend, like hold hands in the hallway, peck on the cheek kind of a thing. Mm. And I've, I've stayed in contact with her throughout life. And I went out there and uh, I mean, I mean, Pam knows I'm a, I'm a fucking hopeless romantic love bug. So <laughs> he's I still think you should sell that sea captain date. <laughs> the sea captain date? The sea captain date with the game and the. Oh, oh, the little game? The, 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 yeah, the choose-your-own-adventure dating game That's with awesome. the, all the weird things that she'd have to pick. In the- I, I, I wish I would have thought about that because I would have enacted that while I was out here because, yeah, like, I, uh, I felt deeply, deeply in love with her. Oh, wow. Because we don't have to do all of that, like, that pre-dating bullshit. We know each other. You know, we've known each other for almost, you know, over 15 years. Wow. And, uh... And being out there, and she has a, uh, a six-year-old son. Whoa. And, uh, you know, so to be in a position with someone that you love who has a child, especially me, because I'm over-concerned. I was raised by a single mother for the most part. So that's like some big shit to me. Um, and on top of that, you know, he's, uh, he's on the spectrum uh, with autism. Oh. So, you know, you take, it's hard enough to communicate with a child, let alone a child who has difficulty communicating. Right, right. So while I was out there, you know, there was a couple of outbursts, a couple of anger fits that kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. I don't have any parent experience, so I don't have the expertise to be like, oh, this is a a child being stubborn versus, well, no, this is one of those uh, scenarios that we have to kind of handle it. Um so I, I'm not, like, getting involved. I'm not trying to step in and do nothing. I just let mom do her thing. Right. And, uh, you know, that, do everything. That's to do that. the best, yeah. One of the things he would do when he would get really upset is uh, he would make a couple of noises uh, that were just, I mean. Yeah, my buddy Sabine does this one where it sounds like she's grinding her teeth, but she's really going. It's this weird thing. It sounds like she's grinding her teeth, but she's yeah. just making a weird noise with her mouth. See, and, like, I can't really describe the feelings that the sound gave me other than, like, intensity and, like, concern. But, like, they have a little young cat, and his tail, like, flared out all crazy, like, like you know, like, he saw, like, an animal on the other side of the glass door kind of a thing. <laughs> and uh, that's something that I have to kind of take in consideration about, because, to be perfectly honest with you, my plan right now is to come back. Uh, pay off my debt, get about five grand, touch base with her, see if she still wants to do this, then get like a family SUV, and then I'm fucking out of California. Really? Uh, you'd, yeah, move to, like, I mean, you'd move to like Virginia? Yeah, because when I was out there, as as strange as this sounds, it felt like that was the place I belonged. Like, nice. here's this woman who I've known forever, who I'm incredibly attracted to. 
I love I love her mental state. I love her spirituality. Uh, she's got a good kid, and I when I was out there, I felt like I had a I had purpose. Uh, That's dope. And I also felt like I had a sense of like a family, which I feel like I've been trying to get a hold of. But you can't just you know meet somebody on Tinder and be like, yeah, I'm looking to try to start a family. So let's get together and see what happens for the next four years, like that kind of shit. <laughs> um, but I was talking to a very very close family member about this. And I was trying to describe uh, the quote-unquote growl as I'm just loosely labeling it right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, it, it, it was almost like it was almost like a sound, like I don't know, like otherworldly, like a, like a demon or something. And then she is like crazy, crazy religious. Like she doesn't watch The Walking Dead because she feels like it's mocking Jesus by having all these people return <laughs> uh, from death in some form. And she was like. I think it's very possible. Like, there's a good chance that, you know, maybe he's filled with some demons or some evil. Oh, God. And, you know, you should try to maybe, you know, persuade her into getting a priest involved or something. And it was just like... Well, actually, I've had that theory for a long time that autism is just demon possession. No, no, no. In in defense, defense, I've actually had this theory in the past that autism is demon possession. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, And then it can be cured with uh, both holy water, uh prayer, garlic, very important. Lots and lots of garlic. You smell for days, but at least you get that. You get that wicked autism out of you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Zach Wiseman, wouldn't you say that autism isn't real? It's just demon possession? Uh, no, I believe autism is the brain's uh, strive to evolve. It's trying to evolve. Wow. You believe that autism is the brain's striving I'm, to evolve. I'm, on, I'm in but league with back on that. Do it right yet. He's in you league know, like with... highly functioned autistic people. Um, Pogies, if you get the headphones, you can listen to him. He's on a phone call. Oh, Pogies here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Fuck you, Pogi. <laughs> there he is. He's actually not no. here here. He's getting, he's getting to be things to hear you. To be honest with you, I think Zach's right. Because if you look he at how many right. different distractions and Thank how many you, different Pogi. things that Thank we you. have, Thank you. everyone's kind of good at like a lot of different things. But, like, you're talking about uh, a six-year-old who would, like, stop playing, sit down, and just start cranking out math problems. Oh, wow. Like, cranking out math problems, cranking out spelling, cranking out, like, all of these, like, highly developed things. So it's like, while you, you know, maybe you're weak in social areas, but at the same time, it's like, you're doing, like, geometry at seven. Yeah, you can parse, like, a huge amount of data. Which normal people that can talk to people and look cool in public can't do. Right. Yeah. There's a like part you, that you helps you look cool in public. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So no, that's deep. the opposite. Opposite of audience. I just want to know how to look cool in public. Who knows how to do that? Shades, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, if you're in San Francisco, you just have to find someone with a beard and call him a Nazi. <laughs> and, uh, you're well on your way. Yeah, punch them. They won't hit back. Yeah, that's actually true. Start punching people. We're going to get peace and diversity through hate and anger, guys. Like, I can really feel it. <laughs> Jonathan almost got, Jonathan's almost gotten in two fights this week because of the car. The other day, it was parking. There was, he was getting a parking space, and these guys were like, we just want this parking space just for a second because we want to smoke a cigarette. And he's like, this is my fucking parking space. Get the fuck out of here. He almost got in a fight, and I was like, I had to leave they the situation. They didn't almost fight him. They just... They were yelling. Everyone was yelling at each other on the street and calling each other... And Jonathan's Over screaming, you're a, a dumb parking fuck. spot. Those and then today, he 
kissed a guy's bumper when we were waiting we were waiting for that we were coming over the bridge and he kissed a guy's bumper and the guy stops his car and comes out and it's not even a scrape it was nothing there's no damage it's like he kissed his bumper and the guy stops traffic gets out of his car is talking to Jonathan Jonathan's like you are a dumb piece of shit and I'm like stop it Jonathan makes him more angry he's like I don't care let him take whatever information he wants the insurance company will laugh at him in the face if he gives them this and says this is what up it's like it's a bumper that's what the bumpers are made to bump on I told y'all San Francisco people are soft but it was I just everyone's fighting and it's all over in cars and I feel like people are yelling at each other and being like litigious and mean in the streets and I honestly believe it's that everyone's it, we're ha- we're on stress level yellow right now oh we're totally we're stressed. 45 stress level children ill people that walk around and yeah. pick up all that energy yeah and now they're all crazy just fucking foaming at the mouth they don't even know why Right. Like they're just mad because you're wearing a purple shirt or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that color but, uh, purple. So yeah, uh, were you worried about the sound? Is this what you, is this the origin of your question? Is that you, you're worried about the, what you're t- terming the growl? Well, the fact that matter. No, 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 no. It was just that. She said. talking about that, I mean, you're talking about something that has like medical science backing it up. So you have tests to run. And then it's like, even in this day and age with all this technology, it's like, man, you know, there's uh, there's some, you know, uh, not like serious behavior, but, you know, there's there's definitely something wrong that you have to take extra care and correct. It's like, oh, no, it's it's the spook spirits that are in them. It's just, you've got too much <laughs> Demons. you got you got to get cabbage. Get a dead guy nailed to a cross statue. Hang that up in your house. That really scares them away. <laughs> that's but it's like funny. To, to even have the audacity to, like, say that, that's what I never understood about religion like religion is used to control you to a point to where you get so brainwashed by it you start trying to control other people with your fucking voodoo nonsense uh don't insult voodoo that shit's real so you know what i did i got passive aggressive and i go that's a good point you know i i've always wanted to accept jesus into my life i've just i just had some problems i was like well well, well, yeah you know talk to us about it steve what's your problem i'm like well Here's my problem. If God created everything, who created God? Right. What she said. Well, no, no, no. God, God's an eternal being. He's just okay. Well, then was was God like a baby God at some point? Then like did God? Well, no, no, no. He, he's just he's the uh, eternal being that's just ether. Well, does he have friends? That he's just one thing. Like, and then that's where that's where they get jammed up. And like, well, you just you have to believe. Well, I, I can't believe in that bullshit. It's it's hard. Um, I I mean I and I did believe it for so long. I I I drank the Kool Aid. The Jesus oh, Kool Aid. Deep in that. Kool-Aid. I was I was deep. I really. Um, you put, you nailed your hands to your death. Yeah, I was definitely. Um, and now I find it just so ridiculous. It, it really, everything. I feel like I figured it out. It all comes down to entitlement. Morality is entitlement. It's I'm better than you. Morality is just saying here are the laws in place, and I'm better than following than you. That makes me a better person. That makes you a worse person. We are not. It ties equal. into your critical thinking too. It's like Word. there is no critical thinking. What should we do about this? I don't know. What does the book say? Right. Uh, right. Book says <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Fucking nailed it. What does the book say? <laughs> 
you could think about. I just, I get so, I'm, I'm just so upset now about abortion and about drug policy. Like, I know it is terrible reform. how they kill all those kids, huh? No, I love it. I say murder. It is so I know, much better. Just murdering all those kids. I love. I just love murdering. I just the concept that you know women aren't smart enough or capable enough to control their own bodies and choose how they want their life to go. Yeah. That makes me really, really sad. Well, Pam, <laughs> if we're going to go to war with China, they got a lot of dudes, and we need right. more dudes. So That's even true. If you can't, if, even if you don't want a dude, we need you to make that dude. Right. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to probably go to world, uh, world, uh, world, war with uh, Australia. <laughs> oh, that would be silly. All that all that yeah. needs to happen for world peace is if we cure all STDs, uh, we have like a year where everybody fucks. It's just planes and fucking. That's what everybody does for one year, and then everybody is just some weird. What are you? I don't fucking know. It'd be great. <laughs> These are theories. Um, well, Zach that's Weisman. Theory. That's a goddamn fact. It's a goddamn fact. Zach Weisman. What are my theories? Twenty eighteen. What, what, what do you think about this? What do you say we get away? from doing all this hyphen bullshit of Asian-American, African-American. What if we're just Americans and we realize that Americans... We've been trying to be American, but they put that label on us. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, why do we... Why, it's like, the whole point of America is that we're a melting pot. So, like, by saying America, it should be implied that you have some other nationality demographic. Like... Sure. I, I agree. I, I, isn't that, like, a subtle way of division? Yeah, it absolutely, is. by saying you're... Mexican-American, right. when actually that makes no sense, because what was California? Yeah, I know, California was Mexico. Yeah, and Texas... Mongolia. Yeah. Because all that Mongolia. does is Formerly identify Mongolia. your skin color. I mean, yep. I, I don't go around calling myself an Irish-American or an right. Italian. Well, you no, should I'm start, goddammit. Have some fucking pride in your heritage. <laughs> I'm a drunk American. I believe in the... Are, it's, have you been, you've been sober when you've been out there? I have. I had that one. Uh, I had that one uh, slip up, and I didn't. I didn't do anything wrong. It's just now. You missed your flight. As I get older, with my hangovers, the level of self hatred and depression is fucking frightening deep. Like it's so deep that I I can't control it now, and I've got to do everything in my power to not get to that spot because right. even though I know it's directly related from the booze, it fucking takes over my mind so hardcore. Right, and, and then it just uh, becomes you. You are I, the worst. And it's weird. It's it's changed. When I was like twenty five and twenty six, I didn't have any of that. I wake up, I have a little headache, little tummy ache, fucking go about my day. Now I'm like, I should just wander in the woods and walk until I drop dead and a bear eats me. And it's like it seems like so justifiable. You'd be you'd die before you got to bears, probably. <laughs> no, Zach, I am fucking a perfect tasty treat for a wild, hungry bear. Well, well, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you'd probably die like on the highway to the bears. You know what I mean? No, I'd probably get out, and then I'd walk, I'd roll my ankle, and then I'd start crying and just get back <laughs> in my car and go to the hospital. That'd probably be what happens. But oh. Yeah, I, I've got to I've got to get away from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, it but off. it's, there's a couple, I mean, there's a couple tricks. That I, I mean, last night, I had a really good time. I didn't get too wasted. I didn't eat dinner, though, so I got to drink less and be feel more drunk, which was nice. But I think I only had five beers the whole night. Yeah, it's all, that's a reasonable yeah, adult amount like, of I mean, that's yeah. the thing, too. Is like With me, like the problem isn't drinking. I'm not addicted to drinking. I'm addicted to using drinking to cope with pain. Oh. So, Here's something a, happens, I get scrambled. I don't know what to do. Let me call up Zach Wiseman and Brandon Stokes. Let's get you know two liters of vodka 
and fucking, you know, show this son of a bitch who's boss. Yeah. Like, that's like my kind of mentality. And then, I, um, and I don't like to suggest this to people because it's fucking, it's a slippery goddamn slope, but I, to, because I'm not addicted to, I mean, I'm a drug addict, but I'm not addicted to a drug. I'm addicted to the absence of soberness. You know what I mean? I just need yeah, things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I will, uh, I, I, uh, I wean myself off of drugs by waxing onto other drugs. So I'll be like, dude, I've been doing way too much meth. And then I'll just jump into heroin for a little while. And then uh, I just jump, like I'll switch from heroin to booze. And it kind of eats up uh, the, the desires I had to do amphetamines while I'm not diving too hard into other things. And I don't like to suggest that because that sounds, oh I mean, God. you talk to a doctor, they're going to tell you to never do that ever. Oh but right, it right. fucking works. It works for me all the time. <laughs> She's like, and that's Doctor the thing Zach is like, being around, uh, being around that woman and that, uh, her child, it was like, I don't, I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to get fucked up because I want to show these two people the best version of myself right. I could possibly yeah, do at all times because I love these people and I feel like that's what they deserve. They don't need to see me, you know, coming in with a black eye with shit beat out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially kids. Cause it's, uh. It's like drugs, where like if you never do drugs, you don't have the desire to do drugs like that. You don't have that want for the the specific thing. You might have a curiosity, but you don't have that desire. And you show a kid right. something that they that they're just not familiar with. That's not necessarily a good thing. Then that kid is going to be curious and like want to you know Experiment more with, exactly. Yeah. See yeah. what the fuck why that does, was. Why, why does, did he do that? Why does Uncle Steve always smell like peaches? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, he's a peach farmer, you see. <laughs> why you is Uncle what, Steve you know nodding off? Down this path? <laughs> It was the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> the D.A.R.E. I, I swear to God. That's really funny, actually. When I was actually. a little kid, they were talking about drugs and alcohol, <laughs> and they were like... Sounded so like, cool. Somebody asked, like, why do people do this? And then the, the officer was like, people do this because they're so emotionally hurt, they don't know what to do. Right. So they turn to drugs and alcohol. And they just so told you... Fast what... forward to my senior year in high school... Where my best friend developed paranoid schizophrenia and murdered his mother. <laughs> and I was like, I remember that cop. People take drugs because they're in so much emotional pain, they don't know what to do. Right, he just So drew I went to the blueprint. restaurant where I was a busboy. I started drinking the wine that they cooked with, Him. and I started smoking one hitters from the dishwasher. <laughs> and it never stopped. It kept <laughs> going and going and growing and growing. You know, I, I liked the PSAs a lot because the fact the matter is just like they were always at parties and those parties looked fun so i'm uh-huh. like i wanted to go to those parties i think right. dare i think <laughs> dare destroyed like dare type programs are necessary maybe like in a city where you're not going to you, there's no way to avoid walking past crackheads and shit you know what <laughs> right, i mean so right, the only information you, you get Needles. is from right there right sure. so that's you a need real to, program that's yeah. a real well, dare of a cop, they should have a scientist or a doctor yeah yeah like, yeah absolutely I, you know, I was part of that Just Say No era of the Nancy Reagan. Actually, I'm wearing a Nancy Swearing Reagan a shirt Nancy right, Reagan now. Shirt right now. Just say yo. Just say yo. And Remember, I, just say no. Use the broken records. Yeah. Just an alternative. Walk away. Like, none of that shit works. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, not if you want to be cool. No. Yeah. No walking away but works see, like, if you want to be cool. You just fucking, and fucking walk the away. The problem with drinking for me is that whatever I drink, however I drink, I, I am like an emotionally deep person. I, you know, through comedy, I can sense people's energies and I draw the most negative shit to myself no matter what. The night I got robbed, I had a hotel room. I wasn't driving. I was drinking water between every drink because yeah. I didn't want to get fucking hungover. 
I had a buddy with me yeah. to help me fucking navigate everything. And even with all that shit, the perfect set, we ate before we went out drinking. We had the perfect setup for the most responsible night of drinking available. And yet still the most horrific shit in the world happened to me. Yeah. Um, and that's why I took that responsibility. That's why at first I was like, it's all my fault. I'm a fucking drunk. This is, I'm bringing this shit on me. And it took a long time of talking to people for me to get out of that mindset. Yeah. Um, I, th- like, the most out of control and the worst decisions I've ever made in my life have been drunk. Hands down. Fucking easy. Not not even fucking... Yeah, I mean, at least when you do math, you want to think about shit a little bit. Yeah, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's there's no way I would have got as good at painting as I am now if I hadn't been doing amphetamines. Because there's no way... I mean, I logged fucking hours. I'd, I'd fucking paint for, like, 72 hours straight. Like go yeah. to the bathroom. Fuck you, Russia is. I really think you should be doing prints of this and selling I'm it go everywhere. Get some prints in a bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because fuck you, Russia is so great, and you could sell them here, and you can sell them everywhere. You should just every time you go at Brainwash, you just put up a little sign, ten dollars. Fuck mm-hmm. you, Russia. You just sell them. Yep, that's my plan. Well, I'm I'm yeah. planting little 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 Johnny Apple seeds and nuggets around the country with all these artists that I know, because like in Virginia, when I was out there, there was like the girl that I'm talking to. She's an artist. They're all artists. They all have all these paintings and canvases, and I'm like, hey, I have a friend who runs a radio station, and they do art gallery things. We should put you in touch with them, send some of your artwork out there to maybe purchase it, and then if she comes out here on a comedy tour or something and needs a place to stay or something... You know, you might be able to swap something out like that. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to find. We actually need build. art for the during the comedy festival. I, um, I have just crappy art up right now. Not I got, crappy. I, I mean, got I've got the whole melange of everything that's been left here. So we have a Zach Wiseman piece. We have a Chris Rocky piece. We have a Wild Bill piece. We've got a Katie piece. We've got Zun Zhu made that cool, that cool robot thing up in the front. We got some ant in here. Work hard, get an education, have a white mom. Uh, oh, so yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in our. He yeah, gave that funny. to me for my birthday. That's really funny. Yeah. So I don't qualify. Yeah. For right that now, one. my goal is to because I'm I'm kind of fucking done with comedy. I'm kind oh. of done with being in the spotlight. Are we still going on tour? No, we are. Like that's what I was doing. The last thing that I'm doing before I leave is that I I am going to take all of this comedy knowledge that I have, all this shit that I know. And when we go on a, on tour, I'm going to jam as much of it into your head to pass along what I have learned to keep the fucking torch going and the flame. Do going. I get to meet? Do nice. I get to drink with Doug Stanhope? Is the question. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like Halloween. That's like my tradition now. Is I'm gonna I'm gonna go down there. So uh, I want to. I I mean, it's getting complicated. There's a lot of music festivals and shit. So I kind of want to get uh, a short bus Albert style as like an R, like a cheap RV alternative. Not to, like, live out of, but something like that we could take down there, and then we could have, like, our own spots for people to sleep. Because that's the biggest thing is when you go down there. Is everybody wants to go down there and get fucked up. We're, they're really big on, you know, hey, nobody's driving kind of a thing. They actually have a breathalyzer at his house. Huh, that's that if cool. you say that you're going to leave, you have to take the breathalyzer first. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to go down there, and we're going to cook, and we're going to do a bunch of fucking fun stuff. Um, but, like, that's that's... I mean, and obviously, I, this is all very impulsive because this is all just happening. This is just formulating a plan which will change and adapt or whatever. Maybe, you know, she'll hear this and call me and be like, fuck you, you're, you ain't coming out here. I'm like, all right, fuck. Why wouldn't she want to come out to California? No, she did. I mean, we went to high school in Benicia. That's where we Oh. Uh, 
which is why the pictures on the internet are of you with a football outfit on when you used to have um, a serviceable body. Oh, dude. I'm telling you. I, I have a picture. Damn. I have a picture. He tells these stories about being like all yoked and shit. He sleeps at my house all the time. I've seen his his, his hairy, hairy wisp on his the back of his you, arms. I actually, I found a picture of myself uh, today when I had the six pack going. Nice. And dude, I, I tell don't you what, believe I it. Like a little Johnny Depp. What? Yeah, he's. Delusions of grandeur. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You, know, you guys don't even know. I mean, the problem was is that all the photos I took with this shit, it's like the the old school shitty cell phone cameras. The, the old school shitty. Why are there girls in on your football team? Uh, they were the water girls. There were water oh, girls. Hilarious. That is yeah. the funniest wow. shit. Fetch me water, they're, woman. Yeah. They're, <laughs> I mean, not, they're girl. not good enough to play. They would just bring us water. And one of them... You can't like, get your own motherfucking water? ...party with a gangbanger and made out with some gangbanger and then came in to give us water. And she ended up giving the whole team mono. Wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's because what y'all this get. Was back when I, at our school, they would bring out like little milk crates with like sports, like plastic sports bottles that we would drink. And then uh, they would take them back and then they would refill them. But nobody knew about washing them because this was like back in the day. And so, yeah, the whole football team got mono. That's uh-huh. hilarious. <laughs> well, I guess you guys didn't but have actually, any, didn't score that week. But our freshman, those whore uh, water girls. Our freshman year of football, after our, we won our first game, we lost our second game. We would play games on Thursdays, and then the upper grades would play them on the actual Friday. So we're at practice on Friday. The quarterback's dad showed up to our practice, was pissed off his kid wasn't playing, called our coach the N-word. Whoa. Uh, now keep in mind, the guy's dad, think of like a, uh, a more trashy version of like Hank Hill with a mustache and a gut and like the trucker hat. Sure. And our coach was this ripped-ass Marine. And uh, our coach beat the fuck out of this guy wow. in the middle of our practice. And then the guy gets his kid. He's scrambling, trying to get away. <laughs> but he's such a hillbilly, he can't just get in his truck and leave. He's got to get in his truck while his kid works the gas pedal, turns the key. He's got his tru- his hood popped with a screwdriver trying to start the truck. So he can't make a clean getaway. And our other coach is like, get out of here, Gary the felon. <laughs> because that guy got fired from the school because he was running guns through the school somehow. Gary the felon. That's Gary a great nickname. Running guns through the, the hillbilly. That, that's, that's what he kept. Uh, that was his that's Christian what he kept name. Screaming at him, and then our coach ended up getting fired. Oh wow. no! Because of Gary the hillbilly. Gary right. The- so they brought in this legacy coach that we had, who was like the hardcore coach forever and ever. And uh, he ended up getting fired uh, before he was coaching us because uh, he was like gambling and getting prostitutes, and, <laughs> like all this crazy shit. Dude. And what somewhere, high school, what high school did you go to? Benicia. And somewhere in the middle of it, he was getting six pack abs, which I don't, I don't believe. No, no, no. That that wasn't in high school. In high school, I was still like thick and chunky. It was uh, when I got out of high school, I got in trouble for the felony drinking charge for the breaking in. Uh, Did you get yoked in prison? <laughs> no, but I thought I was going to prison, so I decided to get yoked. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, you don't have a joke about that. 
No, like that no, the only no. reason, the only impetus for you to work out was that you were worried about going to prison. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yo, I, there was, I was, there was a couple times. I was certain I was, I was going to prison once for smuggling drugs because they like what, whatever. Um, <laughs> How but, long ago was this? Seven years ago, right? So yeah, something good because like that. that's what the jurisdiction it's, it's been is. A while. It's been okay, a while. good. Right. Um. Uh. But what I did in preparation. Uh, for going to jail was most of the drugs I had smuggled. <laughs> uh, no profit made that run. <laughs> I used to run drugs across the border from Mexico to the United States, but it was just Valium and Ritalin. But still, I could I've never got caught, but mm-hmm. it, it could have been it would have been bad. Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. Okay, so <laughs> I have never done any of these things. I'm the only black person. In this you're, the, I, well, <laughs> you're the one. Who's, and and I hate to be stereotypical, but you have smoked crack, and I have not. I have smoked crack. I smoke crack. You, you look like you smoke crack. You, fuck you. Okay, Zach. That's bullshit. Yeah. Steve, well, have you ever smoked that. crack? Steve, have you ever smoked crack? I'm going to get a haircut today. Uh, yeah. Love I, your hair. I, I might have smoked something that was like mixed in with some weed, but never like deliberately just crack. <laughs> <laughs> I've never deliberately. I did some ketamine though last Saturday. Oh, oh no, special K. Well, isn't, bad. Isn't uh, isn't crack give you the same high as just doing cocaine? Yo, is, crack is, is just more efficient cocaine. Yeah, for real. It's cheaper. But yeah. for me, after I had I smoked crack, I really wanted to take a shower because I felt grimy as fuck. It's just like you it, taking a shower then. You I, feel I, oh, trust me, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You feel clean. I did. I was just like, well, I was still high too, so that was a quick shower. Here, here Here's a, here's a strange question for Zach. When you, when you use the shower at Sylvan, do you actually feel clean when you get out of it? Or is it, I feel like there's so okay. much mold in the room that it might actually m- be more dangerous do to you th- shower. Do you think I uh, shower by getting wet and then just smashing myself into all the dirty parts of the room? I let the clean water run on me and I put soap on it and I rinse it off and then I'm clean. Okay. Wait, what? Case closed. Case closed. Uh, well, at least you shower. I, I haven't smoked crack. I've done cocaine one time uh, with Stanhope, just as like, because I was with Stanhope. Right, so I just yeah, did one line. Do but I was really drunk when it happened, and then I didn't feel drunk, and then all of a sudden I was really drunk again. Um, like, that's I, hey, that that's cocaine. Yeah, yeah there you go. I actually... You did it. I actually like cocaine because it does balance my drinking because for me when i do cocaine i actually end up stop drinking and Mm -hmm. i watch all the drunks yeah you know because going back to the conversation you were talking about earlier about how being the most asshole assholeish self is when you're drunk Mm -hmm. and that's when you're more you know you you're you're just a hot mess when you're drunk compared to like when you're high on other kind of substances. And so like for me, that's why I liked cocaine because all I want to do is sit there and talk mm-hmm. and right. ramble on. Talk or dance. Either two yeah. of those. Sure. And both of those are more intelligent than fucking crawling around on the floor drunk. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, vomiting or just being that hot mess of the girl, like crying in the corner. Well, and it be- it's become a thing now, like um, <laughs> girls peeing in people's beds unapologetically. Whoa. Yeah, drunk girls. Like I heard a story about um, a drunk girl who peed in the bed, and then she was like, "Yeah, that's what everybody does, or whatever." Like, just didn't even what? apologize. Like, they get the sorority girls wet the bed. The sorority girls now, when they get super, super wasted at fraternity houses, they just. It's like a thing. They just will be like, "Yeah, of course I peed in this bed." Oh, so they're babies. They're fucking <laughs> babies. Like, Dude, I'm so so drunk, I broke into a house. I've never peed the bed. You I broke just, into a house. You never feel. I broke into a house. Yeah. I've been maced. I've been tasered. I've been robbed. I've been thrown out of a moving vehicle. I've been hit with a chair. Hit with a flashlight. <laughs> never peed the fucking bed. Wow. 
<laughs> See, you're you're a better man than I. I always I tell Jonathan now, like drunk, passed out, drunk Pam, blackout Pam knows that you don't get in the bed. So I'll I'll lay on the carpet and I'll fall asleep on the carpet. And then he's such a sweet, sweet boyfriend. He'll be like, lift me up, take my clothes off. And now I have to tell him, no, 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 the jeans are a sponge. <laughs> Right, That's right. what they're there for because if they're I don't, yeah, if I don't fall asleep, but now that we have the diapers from that diaper show, <laughs> I told him the other day, de- last time I was like, why did you put the diapers on me? He's like, are you seriously yelling at me because I didn't put diapers on you? <laughs> I was like, no, we're not even having this conversation. <laughs> this did not even happen. You should tell him, you leave my pants on. Like you wouldn't take a bulletproof vest off of a cop. Right. You don't <laughs> take the pants off a blackout drunk Pam. You leave the pants on because it just wicks up all the moisture. Uh, it's a terrible thing I'm an old lady see I get pissed off like last night I was like I was you know have I was kind of drunk and I had to pee so you know I usually end up peeing outside you know or I I mean I've peed at my front door many times though where I'm like running up the stairs like I'm gonna make it I'm gonna no I didn't make it and it's just just like just feel the warmness going down my leg yeah that's and it's sad but never in but the bed because i, I like, want to change the sheets no i know it's, it's, it's a nightmare and have then, a better control of like pinching it off i think yeah when we get drunk our dicks just don't work for anything that's funny so it's like i don't know we have natural piss blockers that's th- there you go and trump knows this that's why he's trying to take your guys's rights away <laughs> so this is one more we got to do the, the the news from the because um, we say we're in from Drug Policy Alliance and they say 45's criminal justice executive orders build on a week of dangerous rhetoric and counterproductive policies uh, he's going to ramp up the failed drug war disturbing Yo. departure yeah blah 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 keep blah, drugs blah. illegal Today, I thought he was saying that he was gonna he was keeping weed on a state level. Like he well, didn't really like legalized marijuana. Medical marijuana was fine, but he was like, "That's the state to decide." Well, but this is what he's saying. Uh, President Trump issued three executive orders on crime, and this was on the ninth, uh, so last week. Crime and public safety, including one entitled Executive Order on Enforcing Federal Law with Respect to Transnational Criminal Organizations and Preventing International Trafficking. And uh, the executive order offers little substance beyond organizing task forces to make recommendations on reducing the supply of drugs to the U.S. That just sounds like a, a racket of for well, money for his buddies. Well, it sounds like, hey, we're going to go into Mexico with military squads right. people. Right, right. Uh, yesterday at a speech before law enforcement, 45 vowed to be ruthless against drug trafficking and at a swearing-in ceremony of Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Trump commented that drug cartels are destroying the blood of our youth. <laughs> destroying the blood of our youth. All right. Uh, with, by putting why the just their blood, though? Like, why don't they destroy the rest of them? Well, and destroying the blood of our youth, that sounds a lot like this is the like Nazi kind of stuff, yeah. but like trying to... Mein Kopf. Yeah. Also this week, 45 sat down with county sheriffs to discuss law enforcement strategies and asset forfeiture was a topic widely discussed. Oh, man. I hate asset forfeiture. And they just they just stopped that in California. There was a $40,000 thing and they just stopped it like last year we voted on it or whatever. So now there's no it has to be over 40 grand for there to be forfeiture and they have to show you like because you don't when they can do the asset forfeiture, you don't they. They don't ever have to give it back to you, and they don't even have nope. to accuse you of a crime. Yeah. They just they take just your money. They just, just take put you it. in jail and then take your stuff. Right. 
Whoa. And then you don't get it back. So crazy. It was clear 45 did not know anything about asset forfeiture prior to the meeting. (laughs) Of course he did not. And after, he got a one-sided lesson from the law enforcement community and gave it a big thumbs up. He also threatened to destroy the career of Texas State Senator who offered up a bill seeking to reform the system. (laughs) (laughs) He's going after Texas? Yeah, don't mess with Texas. He's going to get shot. Um, Good. Bill Bill Viper, Senior Director for Drug Policy Alliance's Office of National Affairs, said the following. This rhetoric is dangerous, disturbing, and dishonest. We have had a war on drugs. It has failed. Tough talk may look good before the cameras, but history has taught us that cracking down on drugs and building walls will not stop the supply or use of drugs. It mostly causes the death and destruction of innocent lives. 45 must tone down his outrageous rhetoric and threats and instead reach out to leadership from both parties to enact a humane and sensible health-based approach to drug policies that reduce that both reduce overdose and our country's mass incarceration crisis um thank you drug policy alliance for making sense so i i want to uh reveal something to everybody i am actually i'm zach wiseman i'm the president of comedy and i fully endorse everything (laughs) trump does uh as a president uh i know he catches a lot of flack as a world leader but i myself have caught a lot of flack for of the things i've said and done but uh they've all been funny and I haven't seen a goddamn single thing he's done that hasn't been funny. So I, I had to give the people it to you of my that nation. One. That's true. That's true. I mean, it is. I mean, it is comedic in its absurdity. I, I, I mean, it is so absurd that it's. He can't shake hands. He's afraid of stairs. Because well, that's because he's that's because he doesn't want anyone to see him huffing and puffing because he's a fat fuck. Exactly. He's the fattest president we've had since Taft. Taft. And and Taft was dope. And Taft was dope. Well, it wasn't even Taft. Taft's wife was actually running the. She was sort of running the government, which is sort of amazing. But um, yeah, yeah. But because he was just he was just kind of a he was a lawyer because he, he wasn't was, fat enough. Really. Well, he didn't want to be in politics. He was a lawyer. And he wanted to be on the Supreme Court. And um, his wife pushed him, and she was like, you're going to be president. Uh, so that <laughs> happened. Uh, women, it's, it was the women pushing from behind. So, uh, old it's dumb... pegging. Pegging, right. That's, it's called pegging. Uh, old dumb face, do you have any uh, closing words for us here? Uh, yeah. Uh, California, it's been fun, but San Francisco can suck my dick, and I'm working hard to get away from that old They're boy. trying, Pogey. <laughs> Are you saying they're trying to suck his dick? Is that a, yeah, is that yeah, a gay yeah. gay joke? That's, that's a gay joke. Oh, okay. No, no, no. That, that's. Uh, I, I hope you guys all go on vacation and then a giant firebomb hits San Francisco, <laughs> burns it to the ground. I'm sticking around for the firebomb. <laughs> in the in the forty fifth image. <laughs> Yeah, that firebomb's coming. I'm going to break into a nice high-rise. Well, and from there. me too. See, now that's the thing, is that people say that when the apocalypse comes or the solar flare happens or the, 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 uh, the new civil war, the new class war is upon us, that you get away, get away from the cities. I say no. I say stay in the city. That's where all the resources are. Like... Think well, of Best I mean, Buy on the corner, or like all the all the grocery stores, all of the food, all the water that, in this city. There's so much water. That's where all like the refined or like product resources are. The real resources are just out in the wilderness. That's real. Re- a river. That's I mean much more sustainable for a lifetime than being in a city. 
Because all the, I mean, there's your competition here is what? How many people live here? Two million? A million? A million, probably. A million? Yeah. yeah. So your competition is a million other humans, right? Yeah, but I'm smarter the than purge. them. I'm better than them. It was, we're talking. We're talking about entitlements. Yeah, I'm better than they are, so it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be the purge all over again. It'll, it'll be fine. Well, I'll finally be able to live here because it won't matter. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm living at Mutiny Radio. Someone get me a microwave, even though the mice. Whenever the uh, someone asked me at the meeting on Sunday, they're like why don't we have like a microwave here? And I said, when we used to have food here, we had mice. Mm-hmm. And I don't want mice. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Well, get a cat. Get a, st- a studio cat. Okay. All right. You love studio cat. I love studio cat. Yeah. The cat would leave though. I don't know if we could keep... Anyways, we got to end the all, all, cast. All, all you have to do is keep mice around for him to eat. You know what I mean? To eat the mice. Uh-huh. He'll well. be very entertained. Be very, very entertained. That's true. Um, all right. Bye, old dumb face. Bye, See old you dumb later. Face. Bye, old dumb face. Nice talking, Poge. Uh, there there he is. This was the uh, Alticast. We're going to close out today uh, for you guys with the 1980 Empire Strikes Back interview with Carrie Fisher and Billy D. Williams. Why? Why not? Uh, I'm most, Yeah, mostly because er, er, on the earlier show um, with Stefan Massey, uh, we were talking about Billy D. Williams and Lando Carizian, and I was like, he did Colt 45 commercials. And he was like, what? Of course he did Colt 45 first. So uh, thank you, LaToya. Have a great day at work. Thanks again thank for the you. show last night. That was great. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. And, thank uh, you, Miss Pam. Yeah, I'll see you guys next week. You both did something in your careers that was similar, but yet a little bit different. The similar being you both started your careers in New York, but Carrie, you were an L.A. girl that started here. And why did you go to New York? Well, my, uh, my mother went and did a show called Irene, and uh-huh. I went uh, in order to be with her. Uh, and was a chorus girl for a year when I was 15 to 16. I in think. high school, yeah. What, was that a, a decision that you thought about, uh, you, you know, or was it just something you, did, you were going to do or for your career purposes? Did you think no, that it no, would be better for you? No, no, in those days, Mom knew best. She know. knew best, okay. But Billy, you're from the, from the city, the Big Apple, yeah. and uh, started there. Did you think that that was a good place to get started uh, on the stage rather than come out here and do films? Oh, absolutely. I'm a great believer that if you're going to be an actor, you have to start on the stage. I think that's where you really develop, you learn your craft and you develop your craft. You know, mm-hmm. that's the, 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 that is really primarily the actor's medium. And, the, you know, the whole experience of uh, dealing with the audience vis-a-vis is uh, the best experience you, yeah. you could possibly get. Well, maybe you could both comment on this, but I've heard Joe Campanella, who's a fine actor and now is a Los Angeles film actor, I guess. He gives young people advice that go to New York and learn the trade, and then when, if you do come to Los Angeles in films, that uh, there'll be a, uh, a respect for a New York actor. Uh, there's a different attitude there. I think I think so. I think your best actors come out of New York City. First of all, New York is a very interesting place. I mean, there's there's a, a certain kind of urgency, a certain kind of immediacy about it that's good for your creativity. Mm-hmm. It's working on the five senses all the time. The moment you walk out of that door, I mean, you're confronted yeah. with by everything. So it's always working all the time. So that. Uh, uh, and you know, and you're exposed to everything. I mean, New York is one of the great cultural centers in the world, mm-hmm. and, and everything is there for you. Yeah. And I think it's a great place for any kid to go and, and uh, educate himself. Carrie, how do you feel about that experience? Has it helped you as an actress? Well, there's much more opportunity as an actor to work on the stage. I mean, it's much more. It's more. There are more classes. There's much more uh, excitement about the theater and so forth there than there is here. Really here. 
he would come here to work more in uh, television and in film, more concentrated here. So uh, I went there and I studied a lot and still continue to study there. I live there yeah. now, so. Place to learn. The film, Empire Strike Back, I really did enjoy it. I, I, it's so nice to do an interview with people who are involved in something and you really did sincerely uh, like it and enjoy it. I felt there was much more substance. I thought the acting was better in this one than in the first one. Have you heard much of this, that people are saying it's better than the first one? Yeah, yeah a lot of that. Well, the characters are much more developed. The relationships between the characters, you get to know them better. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a much uh, denser film. It's much, uh, there's much of a story, new characters introduced, new planets. Yeah. Billy, is it true that you weren't really sure that you wanted to play this character of Lando? Well, I keep hearing this all the time. <laughs> no, but that's not true, no. I really wanted to play it when I was, uh, when I was asked to do it. Uh, I, I met with uh, Kirshner. And he came to my house and we sat down and we talked about a lot of things and he talked about Lando and of course when he said Lando Calrissian I said okay that's great you know because it had a yeah. real flair to it. Yeah. The, the sound of that. Yeah and uh, then he talked about the character and uh, I was uh, really looking forward to it. I wanted to work with him and I wanted to work with uh, George Lucas because mm -hmm. uh, uh, with Kirsch I have tremendous respect for and Lucas I feel is a part of a whole new breed of filmmakers that, uh, that I am really excited about you know and I'm always watching what they're doing yeah. next is Lando the character uh, like Billy D Williams in real life a uh, character in transition well certainly any character you play there there are always aspects of that character that's that's uh, true to you but I'm an actor and you know and I, and I I'm, when I'm called on to do certain things I try to do the best I can I like Lando because he's charming. I think I'm rather charming. <laughs> no. Humble. <laughs> no, 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 he's charming, cavalier. He, uh, he's a bit of a rogue, which is all very interesting. It makes for an interesting character. And it creates surprises. He's unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do from moment to moment. And then at some point you see where he really is in yeah. terms of the whole could, piece. Could Lando be a, a Western bandit? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's I a pirate. So. You know, he's Han Solo. They're all running buddies. They were two bandits together, really. Alex! Ed! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives. To smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. This is Tussle Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how I-